2: We are talking even more 2021 NFL draft reaction on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabe, and alongside Curtis Patrick, we're two of the owners here at We have been talking about prospects all of last week, all of this week. Well, they're really not prospects anymore. They are now NFL rookies. We're going to be talking about my favorite player from this class, this episode. I am pumped to do that. Curtis, JV and Hawkins, I will have you know, has gone before I was even able to take him in some of my rookie drafts. I feel... A little little bit responsible for that maybe. Uh, but this is wild. And we're just gonna jump into talking about him right away. An undrafted player, uh, already going in some cases in the second round of drafts. I've talked about him at length. We know the profile. What's your reaction to Javien Hawkins going undrafted but then getting taken by the Falcons?
3: Yeah, I it's it's exciting. Um Mike Davis lands there. Uh he's the, the days of Mike Davis being like a difference making running back in the NFL have passed. I think early on in his career, uh, with, with San Francisco and then maybe Seattle, I think he had stints, um, earlier on, um, was a player that I felt like maybe he should have gotten a chance. Um, he really showed that, uh, he is not a difference maker, uh, but he is a, tr- a trustworthy, uh, toter of the ball, I guess is, is the best compliment that I can give him. Uh, from his work in Carolina last year. And so, you know, he's a veteran presence that, you know, probably the in-house favorite to win the job in Atlanta, but Hawkins certainly um, could, could fit the mold of, you know, the efficient, uh, you know, eight to 12 touch complementary back uh, in this Atlanta offense that has so many other Ferraris driving around on the turf and uh, the Mercedes Benz dome. I mean, and, and Hawkins, I mean, he might be more of a budget version uh, but I mean, he can fly. He's a big play machine. Really love the idea of him being indoors on that fast track. Um, the Falcons haven't fixed all of their problems on defense. And, you know, if, if he can show, uh, requisite receiving ability and, and win some of those looks, um, man, I, I just feel like the upside's there. People are, the people that are speaking out against Hawkins for reasons other than the lack of draft capital all seem to be focused on his weight. Yep. Um, which, which is totally fair. I mean, there's not a lot of backs that have ended up being fantasy relevant for even short durations, um, at this size. However, it didn't affect him in college. I mean, he, he played bigger than that weight and, you know, he was a difference maker. I mean, he shows up all every game you watch, Javian's Hawk, Javian Hawkins game, I mean, making some play that, you know, leaves you wanting more. Um, and, you know uh, you know weight is a funny thing too you know maybe maybe he w- can maybe he can weigh 191 instead of 186 and still maintain most of his speed and then you know what do we feel different do we have sticker shock at the sub 190 or are we just focusing in on everything that's you know under 200 so i think there's a there's a lot of layers to peel back there um, i don't think hawkins is a player that's going to have 25 touches a game um but if he could get eight carries and and four or five targets like he could definitely be fantasy relevant like I was taking Hawkins a lot um in, in startup drafts before the NFL draft, and I'm taking just as much of him in my rookie drafts now. Um he's I, I you know, we in our Rotoviz uh uh rookie ranking summit um last weekend or a week, probably a week and a half, two weeks ago now, by the time our listeners are hearing this episode, um I, I stumped for him as my player number 36 in my in my rankings despite being undrafted yeah plenty of players with more draft capital than him but i just think once you get to that point of of rookie drafts who has the upside to do what hawkins did uh in college and he might only have a a five percent chance of panning out in the nfl but if he does pan out i think he's going to pan out like in a big way um so i share the enthusiasm dave um and and there's perhaps not a better situation he could have landed. And this, to me, this yeah. feels very, very much like the Philip Lindsay situation when he came into the league. You know, you're just looking for that right situation for a player that eh, maybe he can thread the needle. Uh, you know, Philip Lindsay was, a, that is the archetype. That's the mold for what Javian Hawkins would need to do. And it's not been done often in NFL history. Uh, but he at least has some things, uh, going his way if it were to happen again.
2: Yes. To the point about him being an undrafted player uh and we talked about this somewhat when we had the ranking summit he you know like if he was in round five six or seven i'm not really sure that that changes things for him right as he got picked up by atlanta right away if he was drafted by atlanta in round five that's not changing my opinion on him in this situation uh you know the player that he's going to be competing with uh, for the role that I think we envision. And like you said, you know, he's not going to be a player that's getting the ball 20, 25 times a game that's going to be relied on in every situation. That is realistically not going to be Hawkins. Could he do it? Maybe for small stretches. We don't know. But we're not expecting that. But the point is, he's going to be competing with a guy like Tony Brooks James, who, incidentally, 5'9, 179. Oh, what do you know? Hawkins actually might be bigger than him, right? Mike Davis, a bigger back. The other guys they have, Caleb Huntley, bigger back. Quadri Olison, a bigger back. Cordarel Patterson, I think, actually might be listed as a running back on their roster. Point is, this is the best situation that you're going to get for an undrafted player that you can possibly imagine. Guy goes undrafted, steps into an offense, which could be pretty good. Uh, Of course, there's a new coaching staff right there, but maybe that helps him turn things around. And there is already a definable role that you can imagine for him. He's fallen into this group of me of players that I think have a lot of upside, like you mentioned, if they're just given a chance and his path to getting that chance now is a lot easier than it might have been if he got taken in even round four by a team that already had a couple of established players there right so to me this actually works out really well um and i was not expecting as this draft was as as i was sitting there getting more and more worried as time passed uh, I was not expecting to then be able to turn around and talk about my excitement about Javian Hawkins, and in fact, I actually think that Travis and I might have talked about him a little bit because I was so excited last week. I am still excited, uh, and I am not gonna not gonna go back on that. I think Javian Hawkins became a road of his guy. I hope he stays that way, and I am pumped.
3: Yeah, and 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 let's just let's just put some brackets around what it what it means <laughs> uh, for us to be pumped around yep. Javian Hawkins and for him being a road of his guy. Yep, it means that. Um, you know some some of the metrics uh, that we we uh, prescribe uh, value to uh, in our in our prospect evaluation process, um, those metrics are going to stick to him. He had a great breakaway rush score, um, and you know we, we 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 love that. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know throw darts at players, throw darts at players who make big plays. Um, those are, those are things that endear themselves to, uh, endear players to offensive coordinators. Um, when you get your chance, you got to do something with it. And Hawkins fits that bill. Um, he is something of a priority, uh, dart throw. Um, that, that, that's, you know, we're not, you know, don't go reaching for Javian Hawkins, uh, at the 201 in your rookie draft. Don't start taking him in the top 15 rounds of your best ball leagues. I mean, don't, don't be silly. We're not saying that. Um, so I just want to put some brackets around that. And I just want to add, um, you know, one, it's not even a clarification. It's just for me, the only difference between undrafted and, you know, getting that day three, especially the earlier day three cap- capital, it's pretty rare that like a fifth rounder wouldn't actually open the year on the team. Um, and so it's the, the roster spot, I think, is what carries the weight. You know, like Hawkins being a UDFA, I mean, he's definitely not a guarantee to make this team. Um, and, and even if, you know, even if they like him, he could easily, you know, be a, a practice squad guy. Uh, whereas if he's a fifth rounder, you know, he's probably on he's probably on the opening day roster and, and has an even clearer path uh, to a role. So that's, you know, just like generally like don't even apply that to Javian Hawkins. But just like from a dynasty scouting perspective, w- w- the hit rate probably doesn't change, yeah. Um, but it is it, it does matter, you know, to be drafted
2: yeah all right i think that was a much needed bracketing that you just put on it <laughs> uh yeah definitely definitely needed okay so just to concisely summarize my enthusiasm i am just excited that there's now a clear path to Javin hawkins actually getting a chance because when i saw him tip the scales in that low 180s i was worried that he was not even gonna get a chance all right Moving along, let's talk about Tylen Wallace, a player that had a bit of a confusing profile coming out of school, ends up going to the Ravens at 131. Of course, this team also took Rashad Bateman. Uh, You and I have been... We're driven by the search for better.
0: But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: I guess, to put it lightly, uh, not in big support of players going to Baltimore because of the way that that team schemes things up, not feeling like it's a team that can support many players in the passing game. So we've been worried. Uh, I actually, though am all right in taking shots at Tylan Wallace because I think a function of him going at 131 is that people are going to want to remove him from that original consideration they might have had. And I think it's possible that Tylan Wallace is very good and could challenge any of the receivers that they have on that team for the role of the best receiver on the team. Maybe you disagree. Obviously, it's not ideal that he goes as late as he did. But what do you think of Tylan Wallace?
3: and, and you and I have talked about the Rotoviz rookie ranking summit. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why it ends up being one of my favorite days of the fantasy year. Uh, it's just some of the exchanges that we end up having with each other as we kind of figure it out yep. uh, for the players and where, where I think all of us landed was being comfortable with the idea that maybe Tylen Wallace is the best receiver on the team. Um, you know, I obviously, you know, I, I, I might be the biggest Hollywood Brown. Uh, Fan out there, you know the industry. I still think you know he's he's a difference-making player, and I'm excited about what you know he was able to do uh, in the spotlight of the playoffs last year. I mean, really, really put it together at the end of last season. And I think he could carry that forward. But you know, there's no reason to think that the Ravens are going to throw the ball more, and so they probably really only can prop up one receiver. So is it going to be Bateman? Is it going to be Hollywood? Is it going to be Wallace? I tend to think that Wallace and Bateman will be more direct competition for one another and Hollywood can kind of uh keep you know his fingers on that you know down the field uh, attacking role um Wallace is definitely much more of a yak machine uh than Rashad Bateman so when you think about a player with Lamar Jackson's relative talents um you know perhaps the the short throw and a player that can turn it into something is something that the Ravens offense has been missing and you know maybe maybe that's the path for for Tylen Wallace here um you know he's got the ACL uh, and his in his background and the team of course invested much higher draft capital in Bateman so you would think well and and Hollywood uh to that point point. and so uh, i think he's going to have a slightly more uphill battle um but yeah i mean he had a heck of a college career he has an awesome profile 89th percentile uh, API uh you know Travis and Blair's metric for uh you know measuring you know overall wide receiver production um Belitnikov winner uh, yeah, pl- plenty to like there, uh, except for the draft capital and the landing spot. Um, yep. so, you know, Wallace, he, he's kind of like, you know, for me, I liked his profile better than, uh, Amon Ra St. Mm-hmm. Brown, um, who we've talked about this week. Um, I like his profile better. Um, landing spot much worse, yep. uh, path, uh, landing spot, uh, worse from a team, um, offensive scheme perspective and also from a path to uh significant uh volume uh perspective. And so, you know, th- those are those are real problems uh for for Wallace. So, we'll reserve the right to say you know, we we were there uh in terms of thinking maybe he is the best receiver in the offense, um but none of us are going to be drafting him like like he is. I think right. all of us would have him healthily behind Rashad Bateman and i think we would at least uh, at minimum be split on wallace versus hollywood perhaps still giving the nod to hollywood although i I do believe sean uh seemed like he was leaning towards wallace over hollywood yeah um yeah that that's that's everything i can remember from a conversation <laughs> uh and and we probably spent a good 10 to 15 minutes on this one it was really fun uh to cut up uh the ravens offense together
2: yeah absolutely um and I think you know the the key piece that we came back to was that we were assuming at the time that you were going to see a pretty significant discount on where you would have to go after Wallace in comparison to what we thought you might have to spend on him going into the draft. So you know, just to reiterate, we're not saying that you are going to reach on Wallace, but we're going to say that he's a player that might fall a lot farther than he would have heading into the process. At which point, though, he is in Baltimore, might make him an okay player to select uh, and. To the point that you made too, if he had ended up in Detroit, I probably would have been more excited about his prospects there than I am about St. Brown's. Let's talk though about Kenneth Gainwell, the running back out of Memphis, feels like we're talking about a running back out of Memphis just about every year. Goes at pick 150 to Philadelphia behind Miles Sanders. I have seen a great bit of of disagreement between what miles sanders value should be in philadelphia what kenneth gainwell should be what do you think curtis uh just to give the quick summary of gainwell here we really only have his 2019 season average 6.32 yards per carry at 13 touchdowns in 14 games 1459 yards also added 51 receptions and three touchdowns as a receiver with 610 yards. um, Goes to an offense where last year we saw Miles Sanders carry the ball 164 times, see 52 targets. We also had Boston Scott getting in there with 80 attempts, 36 targets. Philadelphia becomes a bit of a confusing team. What are we doing with Kenneth Gainwell?
3: Yeah, I think... The Kenneth Gainwell selection, um, when you look at his profile, it signals to me that Philadelphia is not gonna. I mean, I really don't think they're gonna give Miles Sanders a a real bell cow role. I mean, we, that's what everyone's been hoping for. Uh, last year was potentially a shot. He had, you know, dealing with the injuries. Deuce Staley was just raving about Sanders and his ability to, uh, to contribute in every way. And we just never really saw it all come together. I think that Kenneth Gainwell is just bigger Boston Scott in this offense. Um, uh, Scott uh, is now uh, 26 years old, um, you know, very diminutive player, obviously. Uh, He's been effective in spurts. Uh, But I think Kenneth Gainwell is probably a better player than Boston Scott and will have a uh, battle for a similar role. And and to me, now you have these two guys with, with, uh, you know, a nice receiving ability uh, and then in, in an offense that's transitioning to Jalen Hurts, we typically do not see quarterbacks like Hurts, like Lamar Jackson, like RG3. You know, they're all different types of athletes, but the, you know, the, the quarterbacks that would like to run, uh, we don't see those quarterbacks, um, typically checking down, uh, or involving the running backs to high degree in the passing offense anyway. So now you take that out of the, the picture for Miles Sanders and you throw another good pass receiving back. And like Kenny Gainwell, who will probably do something with his touches. I, I, I think you discount Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell's name. Unfortunately, uh, enough people were in on him that yeah. I don't think he'll have the same type of discount that like a Boston Scott would have, uh, you know, for like zero RB purposes. So we're just going to have to keep our eye on that. Um, uh, Gain- Gainwell probably going to be overdrafted in dynasty rookie drafts. I think he'll go above. Uh, receivers who deserve to be taken in front of him. Um, but I'm really interested from a redraft perspective. Will he stay late enough uh, for, you know, some of the deeper best ball drafts, like our FFPC format that we like, you know, 28 round drafts. I could see myself ending up with some Kenny Gainwell uh, in that, in that format more so than even in dynasty. Uh, what do you think, Dave?
2: Yeah. You know, again, I, I'm not too far off from you. I definitely think that when you look at this pick, and the backfield that they have it just seems that it made sense that they had a specific reason that they wanted to bring in gainwell and it looks to be a player that they can use similar to boston scott but maybe is a better player than boston scott and you pair him with miles sanders this seems to be something that the team wanted to do and we just get more confirmation of that with this pick. I think that you're spot on with the fact that Gainwell had a fair amount of name recognition in this class heading into the process. I don't think he's going to be discounted that much. Uh Miles Sanders, I do think that you have to take this pick into consideration when you're viewing him from both a dynasty and a redraft lens because I think one thing is clear. If it isn't Gainwell, we are still going to see another back eating into the work that Sanders should get in 2021, which could be a problem. Um, it should be a problem Uh, and I think that some people aren't going to want to take that into account when they're drafting Sanders in redraft this year but I think that that would be a mistake Uh, and if I have to choose between Gainwell or Boston Scott I'm thinking that Gainwell even as soon as this year is the guy that's next in line behind Sanders to get some level of work so your point about evaluating and tracking that ADP I think is huge it's definitely something we'll have to pay attention to so I think I'm basically entirely on board with what you had to say there
3: yeah, something I like to do, just to add one more layer to this, uh, before we move on. Something I like to do in the RotoViz Prospect Box Score Scout with the non-Power 5 players, um, is actually in their sim groups. We have a toggle button where you can exclude non-Power 5 conference players. It's useful, uh, when looking at Power 5 conference players to throw out the players from lesser, yep. uh, from, from, you know, from conferences with lesser competition, but I actually like to use it in reverse. Um, to see, you know, hey, just what names can I pull in from from larger schools, uh, especially once we've solved for draft position. And so I did that with Kenneth Gainwell today, uh, and prep for the episode, and and it's really interesting when you start to see like really big name guys who had earlier draft capital show up at Sims for these lower, uh, non Power Five players. It's one of the things we saw like with Aaron Jones when he came out, um, that he was returning some pretty exciting names, um, in this tool. And among his top 10 uh Sims for Gainwell, we see Duke Johnson, Joe Mixon, and Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's pretty exciting that for a player drafted exciting. 150 overall. It's pretty, yeah, for a player drafted 150 overall, it's pretty exciting. Now, yeah. you know, there's players, you know, we're talking uh Miami, Oklahoma, Tennessee, I mean, different levels of competition uh for sure. Um So, you know, and they're also toward the lower end of his top 10 Sims. But for those names to even show up at all for a player drafted at 150, uh, it's pretty, pretty exciting. And so we also can't really discount the idea that, okay, maybe Kenneth Gainwell is as good as Miles Sanders. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this could be this, this whole situation is so much more problematic for Miles Sanders, uh, than it is for Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, Gainwell has. Literally everything to gain. Um, and Sanders has uh, much to lose in this situation. And so um, I think, you know, were I a Miles Sanders owner anymore in Dynasty? I am not. I sold him, uh, I sold all my shares, uh, the, all two of them, um, this offseason before the draft. Uh, but if I still had him and I could find a guy who thought, hey, the Eagles only invested a fifth round pick in a, a running back, there's going to be owners that that think mm-hmm. that uh, in your league. If you can find that owner, Um, This is a great year to to divest uh, from your Miles Sanders investments.
2: I think that is a completely reasonable take. Uh, Definitely in agreement with you there. So I actually had a couple of other questions, but I want to save those for next week since I actually don't want to rush through them, which I think we would for the confines of this episode. Curtis, leave us with a parting thought. For the week, which I know I haven't been putting that in these outlines for you, but I think you should come to expect and anticipate this question now. What do you have for us?
3: Okay. First so episode three, I think it's typically when you're jumping that or throwing that yeah. at me. So I'll, I'll be, just gonna be ready. Um, you know, I'm getting my mental reps here. Um, so Dave typically asks people very nicely to call in and leave us a message and, you know, leave us a review on the podcast. Okay. I'm not asking, I'm telling. Um, we are providing fire content on this podcast and you can get your questions answered by us. Um, the bar is very low uh, for us to read them on the show. Uh, don't put like a ton of profanities in there. Uh, don't disparage like other fantasy sites or things like that. But if you want to disparage your league mates, ask provocative questions, not even <laughs> related to fantasy, that would be good for our listeners to listen to. I mean, leave that type of stuff. You never know what we might use. We even talk about Dave's cat and... Uh, coffee and milk drinks. I mean, you know, uh, the, the bar's low to make it onto the show. So 978-615-9214. That's 978-615-9214. I demand that we have at least 10 calls um, after this episode, and we will work many of them into a show, perhaps even dedicate an entire show to listener uh, question and answer uh, if you provide the material there. Um, second, go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you do not subscribe to us, subscribe to this pod. You don't want to miss it. We're dropping it three times a week. It's easily consumable. It's the best thing that you listen to. Uh, it, it's at least tied with our other RotoViz radio podcasts. I, I can't show uh, any favoritism here. It's one of the best uh, radio shows that you're listening to. Um, so hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let us know which episode you listen to is your favorite. Drop the five stars on there. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you so much love to see those download numbers just climbing and climbing and climbing you guys seem to be loving this new pairing of dave and i just as much as we're loving it um but you know just formalize those thoughts uh in the form of of a review and a star rating for us on apple Podcasts. we would greatly appreciate it
2: Thanks for listening to the roto Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at rotovizffshow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.
1: and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.